ready, y'all? Are you scared? We've come to the end of our exciting journey. Turns out it was Kangatha all along. Maybe Mobius will get his jet ski next season. We'll talk about all of it on this episode of the Infinity Watch Podcast. Wow, just major props for coming up with Kangatha. Kangatha? How do Kangatha? How do you even Kangatha? How do you even say that? Oh, Kangatha all along. I love it. Now we just need a song to go with it too. <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy. We're in episode twenty-six, and I'm joined here by my lovely uh, witch, thirty-first century man fusion co-host Eric. That's what they call me, and they yeah. are correct. <laughs> it's a very specific uh, kind of ethnic background, I suppose. But <laughs> welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. Uh, as I said, season two, episode twenty-six. We are here to discuss the season finale of Loki. Um, lots of crazy stuff to talk about. I'm sure several opinions uh, that we may share or differ in. Um, this has been this has been probably the most fun show to talk about with you, I think, so far. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, only six episodes, uh, as opposed to WandaVision's nine. Um I'm just gonna forget Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um <laughs> Yeah. I just like the concepts of the show and just like I feel like just the overall quality have made it just a blast. So I'm looking forward to this last episode here. Yeah, same. Um this is I mean it it's been no secret this has definitely been my favorite of of the marvel shows so far um very interested to see if some of the upcoming shows can can rise to this one's heights in my eyes yeah oh my gosh it's it's gonna be a tough one to follow that's for sure um especially ones that are more i guess just linear like falcon and the winter soldier was maybe like i feel like wandavision Loki, very sci-fi heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very um, cerebral, maybe is a good word. Um, psychological in, in a few ways, and then also just zany in other ways. And so, I really hope we get more shows like that because I love it, love it, love it, love it. But before we jump into that, I think we got a lot of stuff to talk about with the news this week. So let's jump into that and see what's going on in the nerd realm here. Um. I thought that this was interesting. So the director of Loki, Kate Heron, uh, she was doing an interview uh, with Variety, and she said, when I started, there wasn't a discussion of season two exactly. It was just that season of Loki, and as we got deeper into production, everybody was very happy, and obviously there's so much to explore with Loki. It felt like we should continue that story. So the cliffhanger ending came in later in the process. Um, and so obviously I this kind of, you know, spoils, I, I suppose, a little bit of the end of, of this episode, but this show has been renewed for a second season. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm super excited because I want something of the same quality. Um, 
but also I'm scared that somehow it'll lessen the experience of the first season if it's not as good. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and what frightens me about season two is the fact that Kate Heron has already said she will not be directing it, which is like uh, kind of a tragedy. I feel like I think I'm I would be more concerned. um, Like Michael Waldron, who wrote it, I think I would be more concerned if he didn't do it. I don't know if he's going to do the next one or not. I haven't really read. He is. He is. He is. And so, like, that helps, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I I would say, like, the one thing, if I'm looking at Loki as the full show um, altogether, some of the fight sequences haven't been super amazingly directed, I feel like. Sometimes they just felt, like, a little off to me. Um, So it's, like, I guess guess it really depends on, like, how much she brought to the table from, like, a director's standpoint. Because it is, like, a little weird how... Marvel Studios does these TV shows with like a writer and then like a director, but then the director isn't technically the showrunner because they just don't do that for these Disney Plus shows. So right. I guess we'll have yeah. we'll see how much of a unique kind of touch she had on that first season when, when whoever takes over for her, you know, does this next season. Yeah, I I just want to see this become Marvel's Doctor Who. I mean, this by the very nature of the plot, this show could go on forever, literally. Right. Um, and as long as it keeps being good, they should definitely do that. So, like, right. I, I hope that that happens. And and I saw, um, you know, somebody online talking about, like, well, what if they just get in other, like, Marvel directors, like maybe a Taika Waititi? I'm sure he'd do a great job directing an episode or two of Loki. He directed an episode or two of The Mandalorian. It was great. Um, so, you know, if it's directors of of that caliber, then sure. But I still, I really liked the coherent uh, direction of Kate Heron a lot. And I hope that whichever director comes in, kind of continues with that same vibe as much as they they can yeah i completely agree it's i I think my main concern with all of this is i feel like this is like a very hollywood unique problem they're like wow this is great let's do more when it should really just be like hey that's great let's let this thing be great and move on and do the next great thing yeah, maybe, it's, it's but hard. I don't, I don't think hard. that applies to this specific show. I think this show, like I said, I mean, they've created the perfect forever show. I mean, they didn't create, they stole it from Doctor Who, which is the perfect forever show. Right, right, and, right. And, they, and they made it, and they made it their own. So I feel like for this one, uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think this is, this is one thing where you and I, tend to disagree a, a little bit where it's like, and and I've kind of changed my position on this throughout the years um, because I was forced to because of the great Star Wars exodus, which is, <laughs> which is like, those stories still exist. They're always going to exist. If they add more onto them and they suck, it like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're, it's right. easily ignored. But I, I obviously understand the concern, like, like it is nice to be like, look at this perfectly packaged single thing. That's great. Like, I, I totally get that, but 
Yeah, I think maybe I'm getting, uh, <laughs> and I really am not bringing this up just to piss you off. I'm really getting like um, Star Wars sequel uh, kind of fears where they're like, well, we didn't plan out to have more, but we're going to do more, you know, and, and not have an overarching story. Like that stuff always concerns me a little bit mm-hmm. um, where it's like clearly they didn't exactly know where they were going to go. And now they're just figuring it out. Though I know like Marvel Studios, if Kevin Feige says, yeah, let's do another season, then like, yeah, let's do it. Um, I think I just I was so happy with with how the overall season where it headed to and where it was going that it's like I'm just I don't know I'm always just a little bit hesitant. Totally, I would say though, even though I'm the world's biggest Star Wars fan, not literally. I'm sure somebody listening is gonna be like, "Well, oh, you don't know this one really obscure thing." But um, excuse me, Eric, do you have every <laughs> single character toy that was ever created under George Lucas's umbrella? At Lucasfilm, because I do. <laughs> I, I unfortunately do not. But um, despite the fact that I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I do think that Marvel has a much better handle, maybe the best of all time, in creating stories as they go. Um, yes, yes, they do. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not worried. I do find it funny, like, if this is not the truest indication of someone with trust issues, I don't know what is. Like, uh, you know, Kevin Feige has made like 24 movies and like three TV shows, and none of them are bad, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yet I'm still like, oh, I hope they're not bad. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, I just need to just calm down or something. Jeez. Well, it's like one will be one day, though. Right. Like, it's like right. it is going to happen. So, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Let's move on to Black Widow. We were talking about Black Widow last week, and one of the writers of Black Widow, Eric Eric Pearson, me and him have something in common. Apparently, he had no idea what the film's post credit scene was setting up. And so, <laughs> he was talking to Entertainment Weekly, um, and apparently, so the post credit sequence is supposed to set up uh, uh, Yelena's return. Uh, Yelena's return in the upcoming Disney Plus Hawkeye series. Um, And so he said, I was like, what does this mean? They were like, don't worry about it. You don't have to know that. (laughs) And I was like, who am I screwing over? Something is going on. I don't have an answer for this. And they were like, you don't need to. We're going to figure that out. I remember writing it and feeling super guilty. I hope whatever writer is working on this next chapter is going to be okay with what I've done to them. And so I guess he just wrote this post credit scene without really understanding where she's going to show up next and how that ties in, which I find really bizarrely kind of <laughs> odd and funny at the same time. So, Yeah, that is, that is hilarious. Um, yeah. Before we move on from Black Widow, I have a piece of Black Widow news as Ooh, well. If okay. you... Do you have anything else for Black Widow? I don't think so. Okay, so apparently, I've not seen a lot of discussion about this, but apparently the guy in the scene in the prison who was arm wrestling Red Guardian, Alexi, Mm -hmm. apparently that character is the character of Ursa Major, a mutant. Oh, is that like the guy that turns into a bear? Turns into a bear, and... This actor is on Instagram basically saying huge honor being the first mutant in the MCU. And he is credited as Ursa in the credits. Wow. Yeah. 
And now I'm just trying to think, is there any other character that technically... I mean, well, what about... No, what about... Well, I guess... I mean, Quicksilver would Quicksil- be the... Yeah, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. But maybe they're, since their origin has changed... Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't know. This guy, the actor seems like a big comic book fan. So he might just be speaking out of turn. It might not be like... It might just be a little Easter egg. But, I mean, it probably is just a little Easter egg. But still... Oh, yeah, I searched first mutant <laughs> MCU, and everyone's like, Black Widow actor claims to be first mutant in the MCU. Hey, I mean, all the power to him. I, I, it probably was totally just like a cool Easter egg from, you know, these Russian characters that are in the Marvel Universe. But, yeah, that is kind of cool. But shout that. out to him for understanding the implication and creating all that hype for himself. Yeah, <laughs> Like, what a masterful awesome. PR move. Right, yeah, for such a short little <laughs> sequence where you didn't yeah. even really see the name. Yeah, and that guy is a fucking Goliath of a man. D- have you seen a picture of this dude standing oh, up next yeah. to a normal human? Dude, I'm looking at these pictures right now. Holy shit. My goodness. I love how that just also blasts the stereotypes of like people that know the comic stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> this guy will fucking destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess along the Black Widow news, too, so... Within the kind of the first week or so, it's been in release for uh, nine days. It has made um, $215 million in the first nine days, which is pretty good for... uh, Domestically or worldwide? Worldwide. Okay. That is not including uh, Disney Plus. Oh, oh, interesting. So it's See, I I needed to include Disney Plus. They got to give us those numbers. Yeah, I wonder how that works. Like, when do they release the Disney Plus numbers? Because I think that's all up to Disney. Because it's not like well, that—that that is like a reported number, right? Yeah, strange. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out at some point. Um, all right, gonna move over to one of my one of my favorite things: Dune, the movie Dune, which is my favorite oh, yeah. book. Um, it is coming out this October. It's been pushed back from October 1st to October 22nd because there's a lot of movies coming out this fall because all these studios are like, well, we got to release this shit, Um, which I don't know. For some reason, I thought that like if you have all these movies done, like you could probably just stretch it out for a bit and just kind of ride that gravy train. But everyone wants to get their shit out. Um, And there was uh, a really cool poster release for Dune for their IMAX release, Um, but it was also revealed that... Uh, the movie will be rated PG-13 in that its runtime is two hours and 35 minutes. So it's okay. going to be a long one. That, From what I know about Dune, that seems like that's probably necessary to make a good Dune movie. And this Dune movie is only the first half of the, the first Dune book. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Is this one coming to HBO Max? Uh, it's supposed to, yes, because okay. it, it is a... Warner Brothers film. Right, right. So right. it should come to um HBO Max, but I'm definitely nice. gonna go see this one in theaters because I think it's gonna be crazy. Um just the visuals of it. This poster looks fucking unreal. And so I want to get those loud noises and everything. Yeah, yeah. I I will definitely be watching this pro- from home though, probably. But uh but I'm really excited for it though. Yeah, I really hope it's good because it's it's a cool story, um, but it is also very sci-fi fantasy. So we'll see 
how that performs, especially in a post-COVID box office kind of environment. Yeah. All right. Um, I thought this is, this was really interesting just to hear about, and I wish I could be a fly in the room. So um, I guess there was an interview on a D23 Inside Disney podcast that our Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, uh, was a guest on. And I guess apparently Marvel Studios recently held a meeting in which they had to establish the rules of the MCU's multiverse, <laughs> which sounds like the coolest fucking meeting ever. Yeah. Um, I would love to work in any environment which I could have a meeting about that. But he just said this. He said, the multiverse is coming up in a big way. There's interconnectivity there that people have already started to see and suss out. And I had a meeting this morning with the whole broad Marvel Studios team going through the multiverse and the rules of the multiverse and exactly how to really deliver on the excitement surrounding the multiverse. Um, and so this is what he says as well. This is the last comment I guess I'll get from him. In the same way, the multiverse is something we geek out about and we really all or we really love all the storytelling potential it brings, but thought we had to dull out what it was and introducing the concept even briefly in Doctor Strange, and then as a fake-out in Spider-Man Far From Home. Which was, I guess, all the Mysterio stuff when he said he was part of the multiverse. Oh, oh right. I was like, wait a minute, fake-out. But, yep, 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 I understand. He said, I will tell you something. It is more than just fans that are following along with the multiverse storyline. Let's see. Is more what what does that even mean? It is more than just fans. Oh, it's really exciting even to see it midway through the Loki series now as people respond to the possibilities. So we'll see what happens. There's uh I feel like it's opening a lot of doors, and it seems like uh if the Infinity Saga was was the first kind of overarching theme, it's totally the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse now. Yeah, oh yeah. Big time. Bring it the fuck on. Oh yeah. Um, so Loki star Tom Hiddleston, he was asked if he had any plans to stop playing the God of Mischief in the foreseeable, uh, foreseeable future. Um, and so, uh, basically he was asked if he would play Loki for the rest of his life. And he said, would I? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so lucky that I've got to play Loki for this long. And, you know, I feel like he's such an interesting character who's been around in human consciousness for so long. Um, and he, and he goes on and he's basically like, yeah, I'll like, just like keep playing Loki forever. I'm good with that. So, um, seems like he's pretty happy with, uh, playing the character and all the, all the fun and different kind of development development that he's had, uh, in the past movies and especially this show. So, yeah, I uh I saw that as well. I love it. I um I mean, you got to imagine like there's not an insane amount of makeup or anything for Loki, so it's like I imagine some it's an easy character on the easier side of characters right. for actors in Marvel it, definitely to be playing. Um it's consistent f- too, right? I mean, yeah. And and the and the fact that Loki doesn't necessarily have to always be, I mean, he de- not even necessarily like Loki definitely doesn't have to always be like a, a young, good looking British man. <laughs> like, as we just learned, he could be literally anything, which means Tom Holland or Tom Holland. Jesus Christ. Tom Hiddleston <laughs> 
could continue playing this character believably until he's 90 years old. And it, w- it would still make sense within the character if he wanted to, if they could make it work. Right. So that that is really interesting to think about. For some reason, I just have a lot of respect for someone who is this like, I don't know, like they play. I, I, I don't know how to word what I'm going to say here. I feel like I find it really annoying when actors like have like this great fucking gig and they seem to be annoyed by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, are, do you realize like how fucking like lucky you are? And it's just, I don't know. I guess maybe like relating to both of us a little bit more. It's like when a band hates playing one of their songs. Yeah. It's like, man, I would love to hate playing one of my songs. Like (laughs) that sounds amazing. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm always like, Oh, get over yourself. Okay. Like everyone loves your shit. Okay. That must be awful. Um, But yeah, that's super exciting because he's a super cool character. And like you said, you know, he doesn't have to put on like the uh, Paul Bettany vision suit every single time he does it. Yeah. Which I right. do think makes a huge difference in oh, whether does. or not yeah. actors and actresses want like enjoy their parts. Yeah, no, for sure. I could I could see that being uh, just tough, just tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doing that time and time again just cause it takes so long. Um, but yeah, super exciting shit. Um, I thought this was really weird. Um, so there's a rumored story detail for Miss Marvel, the upcoming Disney Plus show. Um, that reveals how Kamala Khan gains her powers in the MCU. Um, and this is according to the that hashtag show. And then just, this line just really got me in this article. It says, Miss Marvel will see the young hero power up after she's blasted by, quote, a bolt of energy, and this will give her some magical powers. Are you fucking kidding me? Of course, like, that, that's like every superhero ever. Wait, see... <laughs> Say it says, it says uh, we'll see the young hero power up after she's, quote, blasted by a bolt of energy, and this will give her some magical powers. Okay. I mean, I have faith that that's going to be much more fleshed out in the show. I mean, it's like you could say, yeah, it's like the Flash got his powers when he was blasted with a bolt of energy, but it's like, it's way more, it's way more to it than that. And they make it clear. I think in, I'm more calling bullshit on the, on like the, this like rumor. Oh than yeah. I am of yeah, like the yeah, show. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, well, well, yeah, you know, like, of course that's, that, <laughs> that's what happens, yes, right? Yes. One, 100%, 100%. But we I should think, just start our own rumor site. Cause I, I could write some great articles easily. We'd be right. 50% of the time. Yeah. Exactly. guaranteed which is more guaranteed. than most i think yeah oh yeah so yeah sheesh yes <laughs> she will get blasted with a bolt of energy <laughs> yeah i mean i believe that's true but <laughs> it's uh but yeah i sheesh. i think it's gonna be way 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 more fleshed out yeah hope so um so yeah we'll move on from that um wanted to talk about wandavision um, during, I guess, a recent interview, uh, WandaVision star Elizabeth Olsen, she said that uh, basically Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, it's going to be a really scary movie, the scariest movie Marvel's made yet. Um, and so that's that's kind of news that we've already heard before. We're now uh, getting news that this movie will reportedly feature Tom Hiddleston's return as Loki yeah. um, following the show that we're talking about right now, according to the Hollywood reporter. So that's super exciting. 
um, just magic shit all around. Um, but why I brought this up actually is that WandaVision was nominated for 23 Emmys last week. Whoa. Um, it, it was destroying the Emmys in, in a good way. Um, outstanding, outstanding, uh, limited series. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany and, and Catherine Hahn have all been nominated for their acting performances. Um, as well as, as a, a whole bunch of other nominations for the series. And so, uh, it got a lot of love at the Emmy nomina- nominations last week. Damn. Uh, so I had not heard that, but I actually heard, did you, do you have the other piece yes. kind of funny? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don Cheadle, who was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier for all of like 44 seconds. Yeah. Got nominated for his mind blowing performance. Yeah. Uh, as as he series. should. Um, but yeah, he, he basically went on Twitter and was like, yeah, I don't really get it, (laughs) (laughs) which Which is amazing. Like that is probably, uh, the most badass way to respond to, uh, to something like that. Um, keeping it real. And so, um, I thought that was fucking hilarious, but yeah, everyone's like, yeah, I guess apparently the guy that played, um, Isaiah Bradley, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or Elijah, I can't remember what, I think it's Isaiah. Um, he was in the show too many episodes to be considered for that category of outstanding ah. guest actor. Cause he was technically in three episodes, which made him in half of the, half of this, the series yeah, itself. That makes sense. Um, cause a lot of people are saying, why wasn't that guy nominated? And so that, yeah, that's true. Why. True. That guy um, was great. But, but also Don Cheadle was easily one of the best parts of that series because that series was not super good so sure give him uh give him an award agreed 100 percent agree <laughs> you know um <laughs> it's, it's really fucking funny if that's how you get your emmy though <laughs> yeah like i just did this little job for marvel oh, and then boom man. there you go the best did you see that uh, don Cheadle is apparently going to be executive producing armor wars like he seems like he's like really involved nice that's yeah. good I, I really hope that that, uh, that series ends up being good. Same. It has because, a lot of potential, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting um, with these Disney Plus shows. There's so many of them, and I feel like so far they've been doing pretty good. Falcon and Winter Soldier, obviously, we weren't super hot on that. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see where these next ones go, and uh, hopefully they uh, hold up the quality. Yeah. Um. I wanted to bring this up because you had sent this to me earlier this week. There's more photos of kind of this this black and gold suit that is going to be featured in Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a little weird, but it is a toy. Um, but it's a to... hot toy, though. That's what I mean. They're notorious for looking very, very accurate. Yeah, I think a lot of this is like there's like this like little blue looking like circle over his like center logo and that's throwing me off quite a bit yeah um i also find it weird that his fingers are still like his traditional red webbed fingers yeah that's i think that's the biggest part because there are photos without the blue attachment as well oh is there okay yeah yeah yeah. and so you can see kind of what it normally looks like but even then it's like what's with the fingers uh I have a feeling it'll be totally fine in the movie, but um, like, 
I really like I really miss the time when we could just see something on the screen before we start seeing like toys and call sheets and artist renderings. It's like I just want to see what it's going to look like in the movie. Yeah, this this is totally uh, Marvel's fault, though. Like, how do you let this? Well, Marvel and or Sony's like I blame Sony all the way, I think. Yeah, probably, probably. But this could have been easily kept hidden. There's no there's no reason that this had to be because uh, this this wasn't leaked. It was announced. So it's like, yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if like something happened with like the trailer that like they needed more time or something. Um, yeah, could I'm be. just really shocked that I thought by this this podcast recording, we would have that trailer. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to I don't even know if it's coming ever. They might just drop the movie. Yeah, they're like, you know what? We're going to try a new strategy here. No yeah. promotion. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm anxiously awaiting it because I feel like, okay, let me see what you think here. Like this trailer, it's got to like, it's got to answer us some questions, right? Like in this trailer, do we see at least a few people that were like, whoa, like I wasn't expecting to see that person. Do you think that's going to happen or that you think they're going to try and keep it hush hush? No, I think... I think at most we'll see like a Jamie Foxx or something. And I think there's no way we see Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire in the first trailer. And just because people, I think that'll be the thing. I mean, people will lose their fucking minds if, if right. they don't. Uh, I'm wondering like, because Sony is technically in charge of the marketing kind of. Like if, if if this was all Marvel yeah. Studios, I feel like they'd keep it more hush hush. But I don't trust Sony more than you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Someone I don't trust. <laughs> I was gonna make a really crude joke, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not. Um, but yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, one last piece from me. Um, Kevin Feige, our Lord and Savior, was talking about upcoming plans for Black Panther. Wakanda forever. Um, and obviously lots of questions um, about this movie, especially in my head. This is the movie I'm most curious about. I feel like we have a general idea of where some things are going. Um, this one is just like big nebulous gray area for me. I have no idea. And so Kevin Feige was talking to Rotten Tomatoes and he said, the death of Chadwick Boseman had hit us all extremely hard. And at the same time as it hit the world, uh, because we didn't know either. Um, no one at Marvel Studios knew that he he was that sick. And there were all sorts of questions. And our first thought for many weeks afterwards had nothing to do with the movie. It had to do with him, his family, his wife, his legacy, etc. He went on to explain. He said, we're looking to Ryan Coogler, the director, uh, for guidance. And noted that discussions essentially came down to continuing the legacy of Wakanda and continuing with that storyline in a very meaningful, respectful, and yet still hopeful and fun and exciting way, which was difficult after losing Chad. And so he says, I will say that Ryan and our producer Nate Moore and the entire cast and our co-writer Joe Robert Cole have done some remarkable things in the story and the draft. The team is assembling once again and cameras roll in the not-too-distant future on that and it will be extremely emotional across the board, but I think they have something very special in mind. So this movie comes out basically 
uh, less less than a year from today. It comes out July eighth, twenty twenty two. Wow, which is a lot sooner than I thought it would. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I know we were talking about it last week. I think Michael B. Jordan might somehow step into there, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's filming right now. So who knows? Yeah, I would say everyone should prepare themselves for this movie to get delayed by a little bit. Um, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair uh, yeah. assessment there. I would be r- really surprised if it actually came out at next year, July 8th, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. All right. Do you have anything else for us, Eric? No, we we went through uh, all of my stuff. During, I just brought them up when we were talking about uh, similar things. So we are good. Dope. All righty. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, Loki episode six titled For All Time Always. Um, so the way I broke up my notes for this one is a little bit different than the last few. Um there's some there's some scenes where we cut back and forth and I tried to kind of minimize the cuts back and forth and just go to to main beats so that we can talk about what happened in each of the scenes without having to jump back and forth a couple of times. Um I will say um this this uh episode opened up, you know, you have the recap and then the Marvel Studios fanfare comes up. And you start hearing the jazz song that Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter danced to uh, in Captain America, the first Avenger. And then at the end of Avengers Endgame, And I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, oh, what, what is happening? And then you just start to hear all of these different characters from the MCU and certain lines that they say. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I started getting real fucking excited. Um, and very shortly after that, we have this opening clip that basically starts showing us like the universe and you start hearing all these voices and there, there's certain songs that are like notable from history. You hear a man say, we think of time as a one way motion. Um, you hear Neil Armstrong say one small step for man. Uh, Greta Thunberg say, how dare they? Um, I know there's a line from Maya Angelou in there, like a few other people, like just like all these different like quotes from people. Um, I think that I have a dream speech. Nelson Mandela says we have fought for the right of ex- the right to experience peace. Um, and it kind of zooms into our universe and then starts zooming out. And we kind of see that our universe exists in its own super massive black hole. And this whole sequence is just insane. Just kind of like zooming out on like what it pictures to be our universe. Um, you hear classic Loki say glorious purpose from the last episode. And then we hear Vision say, what is grief if not love persevering? Um, and all this crazy stuff. And then we kind of get to this point where we're outside of the universe in some way. And you kind of see this like flow, which kind of looks like the flow of time. And it zooms into this rock that's in the middle of this open spot in space. And Loki and Sylvia are there staring at this castle that they saw in this last episode. Um, and at this point, my mind is just completely blown. 
I just that whole opening sequence I thought was so cool. I'm a huge like space nerd, so like I thought it was so cool. Eric, what did what did you think of this whole like the Marvel Studios fanfare and then this whole crazy like CGI universe sequence kind of thing? Yeah, I I liked it. I don't it didn't have quite the impact on me as it seemed to like just kind of seemed like cool space shots. <laughs> like I, I didn't oh even I didn't even realize it was uh it was like we're in a black hole or something. I, I was just like, yeah, it's space. Let's get to the story. I, I oh didn't I didn't even like register any of the stuff. But but I yeah, I thought it was cool. I liked the uh the overlapping voices and whatnot. Um but yeah, it, it that just didn't hit me the same way. Oh man, I loved it. I just loved it, loved it, loved it. Um it was kind of crazy just like I like how they don't mention like we saw the the castle at the end of the last episode. We never mm-hmm. really see how they got there. Um but you know, I think <laughs> yeah, that's just that's like one point. of those <laughs> one of those things that they're like, "You know what? Just just go with us." And I'm like, "Okay." Um so I feel like they saved like half of their CGI budget just for this episode. Um, when they were zooming in on them kind of standing on this space rock, looking up at this castle, I was like, wow, that looks really good. Yeah. Um, was very impressed. Felt very like movie quality at the beginning here. Um, and I start getting what I would call very anxiously scared slash excited at this point. And um, as they're walking up, so Sylvie and Loki are walking up. One of them mentions that this castle is a citadel. And I'm like, well, this is like a fucking, this is Kang. It's Kang. It's got to be Kang. Kang has a citadel. Like, this is it. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to call bullshit on Elizabeth Olsen that she's going to be in the scariest MCU movie ever. Because this this episode had the scariest (laughs) scene in the MCU so far. And that would be fucking Miss Minutes just jumping out (laughs) of nowhere. Uh, in the middle of this fucking castle. With an absolutely insane expression on her face. Hey, y'all! It's like, oh my god. Oh my god. Dude, did you, like, jump? That that shit scared me. <laughs> I don't know if I literally jumped, but I was like, oh, well, Jesus Christ. Like, what What was the purpose of this? Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the more we see Miss Minutes, the more she kind of uh, freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of the point. She's a little mischievous, but, uh, yeah. Um, she starts referring to someone as he, um, in this sequence. And she kind of basically is like, like he's found a way so that you guys can come back to the timeline and be together and get whatever it is you want. And, uh, what she says that Loki wants is, you know, like, She's like, you can you can have the throne, you can you can rule Earth, or you can defeat Thanos and have the Infinity Gauntlet, whatever it is you want. And for Sylvie, she's like, we can have, you know, you can be living together with the other Loki and have, you know, a brain full of happy memories and all these things. Um, to which they basically reply, like, you know, going forward, we're gonna make our own decisions and have our own kind of free will. Um and basically rejecting the offer from whoever it is Miss Minutes is working for. Doesn't Miss Minutes is like real condescending about it. Doesn't she say something like, sure you are? Or right. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> basically, they're like, you're making a big mistake here. Yeah. But, uh, I will say throughout this whole episode, 
I find it very funny um, that two very strong magic users are just clutching onto their swords as if that's the only thing that's protecting them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. What's get... up with that? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't get their reliance on daggers. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just. Uh, I don't know. The entire episode, it's like that's the only thing that could possibly save them, and they couldn't just you know do some crazy magic and jump all around, and no one would know where they're at. Yeah. Like, uh, how the fuck do you not just hide outside the citadel and send in a copy of yourself? Right. Like, Especially after the Lamentous episode, where Loki stopped an entire building from collapsing on top of them. Right. You know, it's really strange shit. Yeah, which um, I guess turns out it was just his power. Right. Yeah. We That's had all these like, theories about it. And, yeah. Yep, nope. Turns out, yeah, he's just really powerful and uses it sometimes. Um, so we jump back to the TVA for a little bit and we see. Uh, Judge Renslayer, she's in her office and she's she's like waiting for these files that she asked for from Miss Minutes um, for the creation of the TVA. So they finish loading and Miss Minutes pops up and and she's like, these aren't the files that I asked for. And Miss Minutes basically just is like, he thinks that you'll find these ones more useful. And we still don't know who he is yet. We don't know what the files are, uh, but she just starts looking at them. So that's kind of just that little mini scene there in the TVA. Um, not quite sure exactly where that's going to lead to, but it's kind of one of those open ends. And Does so, Ravana make any... Is she, like, surprised by the fact that Miss Minutes is now j- just saying, like, there's a he? Right, yeah, she doesn't right. seem to be, right? She seems like, she, you know, she's like, okay, I'm just going to go with this, I guess. Like, there's yeah. a little clock lady knows more than I know. And I'm fine with it, but Ravana's been pretty, um, she's, she's held her values in terms of what the TVA does, but she seemed pretty strong in the face of like the fact that she doesn't know why they do it, but she just believes in that they do it. And so I think she's just been really good at kind of managing that and just trying, she, I feel like she's the type of person and we'll get into this later that just like. She manages the storm by, like, trying to not really acknowledge that the storm is there kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that. And I, th- I think based on some stuff we learned later in the episode, maybe that kind of lends credence to that. But, uh, yeah, so she gives her these files. That's the end of this scene. And, and this is where things start getting really interesting. And we're back at the Citadel, and I am just freaking out. I'm, like, giddy as all can be. <laughs> Because I'm just like, it's got to be Kang, it's got to be Kang, it's got to be Kang. And we hear this noise, and basically an elevator comes to the bottom floor where where Loki and Sylvia are at, and it opens up. And we see our first shot of Jonathan Majors, who is cast as Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I squeal like a a nine-year-old girl. (laughs) I literally started like clapping and I was like, oh my God, it's Jonathan Majors. And my, my partner, Mia, is like, I, I, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, <laughs> it's Kang the Conqueror. It's Kang the Conqueror. Okay. And so first reaction for me, I was like, I didn't just expect him to look like himself. Yeah. Same. Same I here. I was very surprised. Um, and I was, I, you know, I've only seen Kang in the comics and like some animated shows, obviously. So it's like, who knows what they're going to do. 
And he's, I don't know how to describe his character. And we'll get into it a little bit more as we kind of go through his whole spiel. Um, but he's very playful and silly. Uh, with like a little edge of like sinisterness, I feel like. Just like a little bit of, I don't know if it's sinisterness, but just like, um, there's just, the way he plays his character I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I took it as he's just, you know, the eons of isolation have kind of driven him a little crazy. Right, yeah, he's like a little mad almost yeah. in a sense. And it, um, and it actually what it really reminded me of was the videos of like Charles Manson. If you've ever seen those where he's oh, just yeah, like, yeah. and he like jumps up on like, like he moves real weird. I feel like the way that Jonathan majors was moving was just like similar. And yeah, yeah, this is his, like how he moved his speech patterns and just very, erratic odd choices that i really liked but i would have never envisioned it like that if that makes sense well because the i mean the big thing that i'm I'm sure most people understand here is it was kang but it wasn't kang right yeah he's not kang yeah yeah Yeah, it's uh it's he who remains or or people were saying potentially immortus yeah, so he's like kind of a combination, I guess, of a few things, right? And so let's let's maybe jump over to that kind of portion. So we're in his office. He's telling the story. They never give him a name. He does say that sometimes people have called him a conqueror, you know, these type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character of Kang the Conqueror, also known as Nathaniel Richards, like there's different variants of him within variants of him within the Marvel universe. Um that have different priorities, different things. And so basically the story being that he was a 31st century uh, scientist that discovered the multiverse as other variants of himself across the multiverse were discovering that. And they started meeting each other. And then eventually we find out that some of his variants are not as positive thinking as he is. And that's what starts the multiversal war. They just start fighting each other across the multiverse um, to try and conquer each other, to try and do whatever it is um, to benefit themselves. Um, And so this version, who's called He Who Remains, um, seems like he, he was able to stop the multiversal war and control the multiverse to stop all of this from happening. And it seems like he is... Although I'm sure he's had to do some terrible things, uh, seems to want to create the best case scenario in order to stop all of this war from happening and all of this evil from breaking out. And so it's like he's kind of the kind of amortis version of Kang, where it's like, I just want to make sure time is controlled so there's no chaos. He's not looking to conquer anything. He just wants there to be as much peace as he can provide, um, even if that kind of takes away some free will from people. Um, which was really, really interesting, I thought. Yeah, it's it's a great villain because he might be right, like you know, like right, yeah, like, very similar to Thanos. It's like some people are like, I kind of get it, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, it's it makes you question some things because you know, he's like, you know, as this episode goes on, he's like, you know, you have 
you have the dictator you know, or you have the chaos that'll follow when the dictator is kind of gone, right? And you don't know what type of chaos will come. Um, there's a line he says, I can't remember exa the exact line, but he's like, he's like, uh, if you think I'm evil, just wait until like you meet some of my other variants. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably, you know, like the King the Conqueror type variant yeah. you know, that would probably look a little bit different. And so at this point, like my mind is exploding and just just thinking about like the future of the MCU based on this show, right? Based on this moment, I feel like we're just going to get so many different versions of Kang the Conqueror throughout like this next few years. Yeah. And I feel like that's just like a really cool concept that like we have the same character played by the same guy, but they're all different people. Right. They're all just different variants of Kang the Conqueror, basically. Um, and just thinking about that had me so excited. Yeah, I really feel like there's a strong chance that we see both Kangs and Lokis just all over the MCU over the next few years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's really interesting, too, because, like, obviously, the, the end of the Infinity, you know, saga was very time travel heavy. Um, but this is almost a completely different thing in that it's the multiverses, right? And they're just different versions of people, but it's still kind of time travel-y in a sense. Um, it's it's really interesting. Uh, this this the whole concept of all this stuff. Um, you know, I, a lot of people online. I saw that there was a lot of people were on one side or the other because this episode, the climax of this episode was almost like a 25 minute conversation in an office. Yeah. Which I will say for me being a comics fan and kind of anticipating a little bit of this, like I loved it. Yeah. I ate it all up and I loved it. Yeah. Same. Um, but like, I know like my partner, Mia, not a super huge fan. She's like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, you know, it's just like, was expecting something else. Like I've heard that from a few other people too. And so it's interesting how different people kind of view this episode. Um, but I, I, I watched the, just the scene in the office like four times. Yeah. Just because I wanted to hear him explain it. And I was just I was so captivated by his entire performance as a character. It was just it felt so unique. I just it, it, such strange choices that I just loved the entire time. Just his mannerisms were just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the thing that like stood out like I I didn't mind the fact that it was just a conversation because I fully understood what like that one scene has more impact on the entire next 10 years of the MCU than probably any scene before right. it other than i guess maybe the ending of infinity war which we all knew would be resolved in the next movie anyways right so, yeah like this was teeing up the entire like next five years at least yeah yeah this whole episode and i remember people being like these disney plus shows are not going to be consequential on the mcu <laughs> so much for that shit and like you know I, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I would say setting up characters, but like WandaVision and, and this, like clearly setting up things in, in future shows and movies. Yes. And speaking of WandaVision, I know we're jumping around, but so do you think that Wanda hearing her children at the end of WandaVision was happening simultaneously with Loki and Sylvie fucking up the timelines? 
and she seems was, like seems like it would it would point in that direction. Right? Yeah, I th- I think that is the case as well. Fucking unreal. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Um, yeah, and at this point, I know we're jumping around a little bit. Um, let's jump back really quick. Um, basically, there's Ravana versus Mobius. Mobius makes it back from the void. And challenges Ravana, and quickly she just shuts him down physically. <laughs> yeah, uh, it doesn't take much. Um, but she doesn't prune him. She kind of leaves him as is. Um, and eventually, at the end of this episode, she basically leaves through a portal. And Mobius asks where she's going, and she says, "In search of free will," which translates to looking for that Kang booty call, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. So we don't know what Miss Minutes gave her in terms of information, but definitely will have some type of impact in the next season of this show. Yeah, I am stoked. Um, I think the other big thing that happened in the TVA here is that B-15, um, th- she's getting chased in, I think, 2018 it was, uh, by some Minutemen through what appears to be a school. And kind of Ravana's main Minuteman guy is, is coming in and he's about to prune B-15. And she's like, wait. And you see Ravana as a real person walk in and she's a yeah. principal of a school. The um, school on that the pen. Yeah, that was featured. that's her secret. Yeah, she has the pen from her original school. So she knew all along that she was a variant. That's what I took from that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I I thought it was more just like a subconscious, like, I have this weird connection to this random pen. I don't know why. I just like it. It's just my favorite pen. That's kind of what I thought that was. I think at one point, B-15 says to Ravana, we know your secret or something like that. Um, I just took that to mean the secret. Well, yeah, I guess if she, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. It's a it's a big question mark, but yeah. I, personally, I would like to feel like it makes me feel better knowing that she knew she was a variant because then when Mobius and all these people are saying that, she's like, it doesn't shock her, right? That's why she immediately went to like prune him, right? Like, we got to right. contain this, um, so she never had that like that struggle of identity that everyone else had because she already knew, but she just believed in the cause. Yeah, interesting. I don't know if I'm totally convinced on that yet. But I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see if that thread gets picked up in season two at all. It must. It'll it'll have yeah. to, you would think. Um, so let's go back to basically Kang's office. Um, Sylvie and Loki. Um, he explains all this stuff to them and basically kind of gives them an offer. He he's tired. He doesn't want to keep doing this anymore. He says, instead of me being the dictator, it'll be you. She said, uh, he said, uh, you know, I didn't expect to give two Lokis like this, this, you know, um, title. But basically, he's leaving the choice up to them. He said, either you kill me and deal with all of the carnage that follows. Um, he's like, I've done this before and it'll happen again. Or you take over and you kind of become the two people who remain in charge of time. Um, and it's worth noting that the entire castle, um, 
the, the entire castle, you can see that it's been destroyed. Um, but where like the cracks in the castle are, they're filled in with gold. Which yeah. is kind of lending itself to like this Japanese practice. It's called uh, kintsugi, where it's like if like a teacup or something breaks, that you mend it uh, with like lacquered gold, and so that it it kind of like retains its beauty. And but it's like fixed with with something very precious in a sense, um, which I thought was very a very interesting design choice that I kind of liked in hindsight because um, it kind of lends credence to. You know, um, I'm just going to call him Kang. You know, he's like, he's seen this all before. He knows if he's killed that, like, he'll end up here again. Um, And that time will repeat itself, essentially. Because the multiversal war in linear time hasn't happened yet. Right. It's really fucky. It's really, really fucky. Um, And so... Did Did you notice on the design thing... I did not, but I did after it was pointed out on Reddit that that design is very similar. So there's a lot of black and gold lately. There's the right. Citadel. There is the Eternals ship is all that black and gold. And then there's the uh, the Spider-Man costume, which is oh. very mystical. Uh, yeah. So it's like, is there a connection there? And I, I don't know. I feel like, or is I'm that just like a hot ship. new color combo? Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I mean, you would think, I mean, he's like a super powerful dude. You would think that maybe there's some connection there. Yeah. Yeah, the ship does look very similar. It's interesting. Um, Hey, you know, it's it's the MCU. I don't think they, they make these choices on a whim for a lot of stuff. Yeah, true. That's a really good point. Um, I hadn't considered that. Um. Hmm. Super interesting. Yeah. Very likely has something to do with something. I'm sure. Hmm. Yeah. I I did I did like it a lot though. I liked, um, just the general, you know, the the gold veins and then just the lighting in general of everything in that in the office basically. Yeah. And yeah, it looked really good. Yeah. And I liked how his crazy, um, like, super tempad watch could do so much more. I mean, it's like it almost, it like potentially used some of that gold or whatever else was in the watch to, like, make those crazy claymation videos. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to, like, describe his past and stuff. Yeah. That was so cool. It's really uh, interesting shit. And oh my gosh, I feel like we're just at the tip of the iceberg right now. Yeah. Um. So it seems like Sylvie is still Sylvie, extremely headstrong. Uh, she still basically wants to do what what she planned to do, which is kill whoever's in this castle. Um, Loki is extremely hesitant. He's like, maybe we should just like take a minute to think about this, think about the consequences of it. Um. And so they kind of have like a little action sequence, like sword fight between the two of them where they're jumping around, they're using their magic, jumping around all over the place, like, you know, fighting each other because Sylvie wants to kill him, uh, him being Kang. And Loki is super hesitant because he, you know, he obviously is like, well, if we kill this guy, then we're going to have a multiversal war and it's going to be so much worse. Um, And so that sequence kind of goes on for a bit. And 
at the very end, I'm sure this is one of those things that Twitter hates is that Sylvie goes in and kisses Loki. <laughs> um, but it's not necessarily out of love because it's basically to distract him because after she kisses him, she pushes him through a portal which makes him leave the Citadel and he is back in the TVA. Okay. I have potentially a conspiracy theory about this scene. Okay. But I feel very confident. I, I So I watched the episode twice and this scene, this sequence probably three or four times. Wow. And if anybody watches this after they hear this, I'd be very interested. Okay. So at the end of that fight, Loki gives kind of like a like a sappy speech about well because sylvie's like are you fucking like you just want the like you just want to rule like this is what you always do and loki's like no no i just want you to be okay and it's like in my opinion it's like outrageously over the top sappy seemed very out of character um and so I'll start, my theory is, that whole speech was bullshit. Loki realizes how close he was to the throne of thrones. And he wants it bad now, really bad. And so the thing that made me think this was, uh, first of all, that speech is ridiculous. But, so when he's sent to the TVA, and he's kind of like, there's a lot going on on Tom Hiddleston's face. And it almost looks like he's like kind of crying. And then he kind of gets some resolve. And I just don't feel like the emotions that I'm getting from that performance are Sylvie related. I really feel like this is Loki. Like, I just refuse to believe. I I think that he wants the throne now. And I think he is like, that I think everything from this point on that we see of that Loki is a performance. Like I see him like running Hmm. up to Mobius and whatever, whatever. I think this was his goal from the beginning. As we know, I mean, he said his goal was like to find the timekeepers, take them over, rule the TVA. So, I mean, he straight up said it. And now he's so close. And, I think I I just really feel like that was a desperate uh desperate ploy and I feel like season 2 is going to be a little more of Loki you know like he 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 knows the game now and uh and he's playing to win that is my that is my theory Interesting yeah I mean at some point we've had a lot of development for Loki at some point though I feel like he's got to he's got to have some type of plan in terms of, you know, gaining some power or something yeah. right again. Yeah. Um, it's been a little bit, I'm, I'm not sure I'm completely convinced yet. I'll, I'll have to go wa- back and watch kind of that sequence. Yeah. For def- sure. Watch it with that in mind, because once that popped in and then I watched it again, I was like, Oh my God. Like it seems so obvious. Like he's just manipulating her. The one interesting thing is, is is what follows there is that he runs up to Mobius and B-15 and he's frantic, right? Yeah. He's basically like, we've made a big mistake. Uh, you know, basically like, you know, we found the, the, the guy that's in control of all this stuff. And, you know, there's going to be like a multiversal war, blah, blah, blah. He's like freaking out. 
Um, and this is kind of the, this is the stinger. I, I will kind of we'll say this part and we'll go back a little bit, but um, Mobius and B-15 don't know who he is. Which broke my heart. Yeah, um, that was tough. It's really fucked up. They're like, you're an analyst, right? What's your name? And then they basically call security on him because they don't know who he is. And so this is all after, you know, Sylvie's been left with Kang and in the camera pans over. And instead of a statue of the timekeepers being in the TVA, it's a statue of Kang. And so the multiverse has started to get all fucked up already. Oh, yeah. So do you think that the multiverse fuckery is like, I mean, I guess it's still unclear. Like, is it retroactive? But it would have to be. I feel like, I don't know if it's retroactive or if it just like, it starts immediately becoming fucky the moment it breaks open. I feel like things, and also we don't know exactly how sh- how he got sent back. Uh, like if he got sent back to, you know, it, there. I feel like the possibilities are endless. It's really hard yeah. to even kind of grasp our heads, or well, grasp our heads, wrap our heads around, <laughs> you know, exactly where this is going next in the next season. Because I, I think it's it's purposefully open ended so that they can write it however they choose. Yeah, true. That's probably the real answer. um but yeah it's i mean that's the that's the beauty of the multiverse right is this it could be retroactive it could just be all fucked up but um i will say my favorite kang moment this entire episode was were his last words you know sylvie throws loki out of the citadel sends him back to the tva and she walks up to him and he's almost like giddy he's like excited yeah just just because they had reached the th- the threshold in which he had stopped creating what was going to happen and it became everything became something new it became free will everything that happened he had not planned for um and he seems so excited by that because obviously for hundreds and hundreds of years he has been making sure that the timeline goes as he plans it to and she walks up to him and just stabs him right in the gut and kills him and he just looks at her and says, see you soon. <laughs> and it is so creepy. And it's just really interesting. I just love the concept of like, if Loki and Sylvie don't pick up what he's doing, he knows that everything that has happened in the future will happen again. And he'll end up back here if things go the same way they did before. And just thinking about that is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, time fuckery is can be tough. <laughs> to wrap. Could you imagine like knowing around. he's like I'm going to get killed and then I'm going to have to like become a person again and then basically discover multiverses, fight in the multiversal war, end the multiversal war and then just end up back here again. It's just like, oh my god, exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Shit. I yeah, I really hope we see a lot more of that character and we probably will. Yeah, I mean, there's no way in hell the next time we see him is in like 2 years, right? Cuz that's when Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. Oh, wow. I think. Yeah, I would 2023. I think so. February 17th, 2023. So like a year and a half. 
or so. Something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, that seems absolutely wild to me. Yeah, yeah. It's but too long. like the Jonathan Majors that's going to be in that movie, I think is going to be a completely, obviously, completely different version of that character right, that we saw in this right. one. It's a different person for all intents and purposes. Damn. So, do you think who, do you think we're gonna see Jonathan Majors pop up in Doctor Strange at all? Fuck. Oh man. Yeah, like what would be hold on, let me pull up just the MCU uh the release order here. I'm just like trying to think like what would be the most logical Well what if I think would be You think he'll show up in what if? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got to start popping up in some things. Let's see. Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Okay, so we got Shang-Chi, Eternals. Can I just say, apparently it's pronounced Shang-Chi. What? Yeah. And I think Shang-Chi. I think that's how they're going to be pronouncing it in the movie, Shang-Chi. 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 Okay. I'll, I'll remember that for probably a couple hours and forget, and I have to be reminded. Yeah. So. Um, it'll it'll once the movie comes out i'm sure it'll yeah easy i always struggle uh when i've said something wrong for a long period of time and then the right thing sounds wrong right right it's like the groove in your brain is wrong (laughs) you know what i was i was really concerned after the first avengers movie in theaters you know and thanos appears the end i've always said thanos thanos and some people were kept saying thanos yeah yeah or thanos or or thanos Thanos. Yeah, and I was like, dude, <laughs> if it's not Thanos, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. Because Thanos sounds dumb as fuck. Yeah. Um not. but yeah, I remember being very concerned about that as if that was my biggest life problem. Um all right, so we got Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the Marvels. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Fantastic Four. I mean, like... Well, he's sh- he's in Fantastic Four, guaranteed. You think so? Yeah, no way. Oh, man. I just feel like he's totally got to show up before Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies before that. Seven! Wow. Oh, man. And that's not including, you know, the Marvel or the Disney Plus shows. Yeah, true. I do. I do think we pro- we will at least get re- a reference in what if I can't because the whole thing's about the timelines and whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and you know what? Like in in a few of these shows, I feel like we got to get a reference too because I will say it is it is significant, and I hadn't thought about this until after we talked about the Black Widow stuff in the last episode. It is significant that the Black Widow theatrical post-credit sequence was literally setting up a Disney plus show. Wow. Yeah, you're right. And so like, they're not fucking around anymore. They're not differentiating between these things. Yeah. I didn't even realize that you're right. They're as intertwined as they could be. This is not an agents of shield situation, you know, where it's like, it's all connected. (laughs) Um, it actually is this time. Yeah, true. So, um, so, yeah, that was kind of the main beats, I think, to, you know, climax this episode. The last sequence being seeing that that statue of Kang in the TVA. Um, and there was a very, very small post credit scene in this episode. Um, 
not really consequential to the plot, but basically um, kind of showing a file and then it basically like a stamp that confirms that Loki will have a second season. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't a real post credit scene, but yeah, I was too. And then like I was thinking about it, I was like, but what would they have done? Because I feel like like they just they just like punted the football, right? They just or no, they just like kicked it off basically, right? And so it's like I don't know, it's like the next thing, it's like what are you going to show? Yeah, I guess after I guess all of true. that. Um, I feel like I feel like it would have almost been better. The only thing I could have seen is if they took the Loki Mobius interaction and made that a post-credit scene. Yeah, true. That Very would have been a true. dope post-credit scene. Um which would have been interesting, but I, I think maybe they did that as a deliberate choice for sure. Cause I feel like that maybe that was the post credit scene originally, but they wanted people to know for sure that it was going to have a second season. Yeah. So, um, anything else you wanted to mention before we rate this one? No, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like w- we didn't have a ton to say, but it's just cause it's like, it, the the crux of it was a long conversation and it's more just the impl- right. the implications of uh you know what that means for the future is like amazing i uh, right yeah yeah there wasn't as much back and forth and and we were we we got answers yeah. this was a lot of answers and less questions yeah yeah um and so yeah i mean it it's oh man what a crazy episode um all right, let's jump over to ratings. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate each of our episodes, movies, whatever it is, out of six whole Infinity Stones. Eric, what are you giving this episode? It's another really tough one. I think I'm going to give it a strong five out of six. Strong um, five out of six. Yeah, just because um, we did not get payoff on the Mobius jet ski. And <laughs> I forgot about that. And um, I do. And like, it was clearly to save budget, but like, I want to see Kang's blue mask and shit. Like, and I get it. Like, this wasn't Kang. I get it. Maybe I'm being unfair, but it's like that. I, I wanted to see some something of movie quality epicness for uh for kang's costume or or something that that we Mm -hmm. didn't get and i i maybe that's unfair but yeah i'm giving it a strong five strong five out of six so it's uh sounds good yeah 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 i think i agree i was a little disappointed at first but then when i realized that like that's not kang the conqueror and that's just nathaniel richards then like i was like okay this makes sense um because i remember seeing him at first i was like that that is not what i was expecting yeah um but I have to give this one a six. Um, yeah. I was giddy like a school schoolgirl just watching this whole thing. Um, I loved like I've never been more captivated by a conversation before. Yeah, um, true. And it just made me so hype about everything. I, I think a lot of people were upset that like they're like this is just like it's a setting stuff up for something else. It wasn't like a conclusion. I'm like, yeah, that's like, you know, everything's always setting something up. I feel yeah. like the story was very contained still. Um, and it had a, a beginning, middle, end, but, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, like Empire Strikes Back, you know, at the end, the conflict ended, but there was more that was going to happen after that. You know, that's just the way that some of these stories go. And that didn't bother me. Um, 
so solid six for me for this episode. Um, but I'm going to pass it right back to you, Eric. Let's rate the entire series as a whole. What are you giving the entire series of Loki being the first season six Infinity Stones? I mean, this might... I might have to justify this. But I think Uh-oh. I got to give the series a six out of six. Even though, yeah, even though I didn't necessarily... I don't even know if the majority of the individual episodes I rated six out of six, but like as a whole, as a series, I could not ask for more. Like this is the quintessential Marvel superhero TV series to me. I feel a lot better hearing you say that because I think I have to agree with you. (laughs) Awesome. Good. (laughs) Um, I was a little nervous. I was like, I'm going to pass it to Eric first, see what he says. I, you know, I, I think the same way. Like I didn't get a, give every episode a six, but like, this is what I want from every Marvel show. And I feel like it would be completely ridiculous for me to be like, well, I wanted a little bit more, you know, it's like, it was so fucking enjoyable. Yeah. All, you know, in each episode had its it's some things it did better than others and others did worse than others. But like just the overall journey of it all fucking great. Just really, really good shit. Yeah. Plus six out of six. One of the best soundtracks slash scores in the MCU. Right. Yeah, exactly. It just like all the pieces of it visually, um, the music, the acting, the story, all this stuff. You know, it just it came together really, really nice and did a lot of things in a way that I, I didn't anticipate it would. And it didn't it didn't give us any bullshit. It wasn't trying to, like, drag anything out. It just told us the story in the time that it made sense. And, and it it has the most consequential moments. So I've, so far in the MCU, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, going forward, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Alrighty, that's amazing. I can't believe we just both gave this series a six out of six. <laughs> it's it's really fucking good. Like it, it's yeah. I mean, I would recommend that series to pretty much anyone. It's like it's just so good, just so yeah. good. Oh my gosh! I to people that don't enjoy this series, uh, I'm sorry. You can't enjoy things in life. <laughs> um, because if Eric and I are agreeing on this shit, it's got to be pretty. Yeah. Oh good. yeah. Um. And oh my gosh, just what what a fun adventure. I, I can't wait for more shit. I can't wait to see all the all that this set up. I can't wait to see this play out. I'm so excited about all the upcoming MCU stuff. Um, I can't believe, you know, we needed that year off. And now that we're back, like I am so, so on the hype train. <laughs> yeah, it is unreal. Yeah, it's completely big unreal. Big time. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to believe that uh, Kevin Feige is is uh responsible for COVID. he's like we need a break give the world a break <laughs> yeah it could it could be i would like to clarify disney that that was a joke and that i do not believe or state that kevin feige is in any way related to the COVID 19 epidemic so i do saying that yeah. i think it's real i think it's <laughs> there all we go real. disney manufactured <laughs> All right, before we jump into recommendations, we will be taking a few weeks off from the podcast until the first episode of Marvel's What If starts up. So that'll be the first week of August. So we'll be off for a couple of weeks and then we'll be right back into it basically for the rest of the year as we go through uh, Marvel What If. We'll have Shang-Chi, we'll have Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Miss Marvel, and Hawkeye to go through 
Um, lots of stuff coming up in the MCU. So we're, we're going to take a couple weeks off for summer and then jump right back into it. And we'll be back week to week uh, with episodes there. So super exciting stuff. Um, let's pass it over to recommendations. Eric, what do you got for us? Yeah, I don't I don't have a ton uh, this week. So I guess I will just recommend the sketch comedy show. I think you should leave on Netflix. Um, just released its second season. What I would say, so the the first season came out and like everybody in the entire world wouldn't shut the fuck up about how good it was to the point where it completely ruined it for me. <laughs> and oh, I hate when that happens. Yeah, and it's like I just heard nothing about how amazing this show was, and then if. Uh, so like everybody at work would just constantly reference the sketches. So I already knew all the jokes. So like by the time I tried to watch the first season, I was like too annoyed to even enjoy it. Uh, so my plan was, I was like, I, this must be a, an excellent show. So I w- knew the second season was coming out. I watched the second season like day one. And um, I mean, it is hysterical, absolutely hysterical. Um, and I don't even want to, you know, it's just, it's sketch comedy. So it's just random sketches. Uh, I'm not going to ruin any, but, uh, it's really, it's really funny, really easy, kind of breezy watch. Um, they're like 20, 25 minute long episodes. I think, um, super funny. I would highly recommend. Nice. What name, name the series in the, in the, it's on Hulu. What was it? Netflix. On? It's called I. Netflix. I think you should leave with. I think you should. Tim leave. Robinson. If Alrighty. you've ever heard the ske- the big one. I mean, there were a bunch of them from the first one, but the big one I heard was <laughs> there's like a song. This guy improvises about like skeletons coming to life, and the bones are their money. Is that ringing any bells? To no, you? I'll have to go watch this though. Apparently, <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah um which now after and so what i did was i watched the second season and then i went back and watched the first season again and i was able to Mm -hmm. appreciate it way more um but yeah yeah i I, and and i would almost even say like i think i still think the second season's better um and there's no 100 percent unrelated sketches so like you don't need to watch season one before season two necessarily but yeah it's a good nice. it's a good show dude you just reminded me i kind of had my mind blown um this week do you remember the old mad tv skit where it's like can i have your number yeah of course can i have it yeah. you know it's just like a dude in a movie theater just asking this girl for a phone number and i found out today that the dude in the skit is actually a woman uh, like the the guy yeah, character is played by a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, I don't know why. And I was like, "Wow, that's even better that that's like a woman playing this dude." Um, so I watched it again, and I was like, "Wow, this was like the pinnacle of comedy in 2006." Mad TV had um, some because I think Tracy Morgan was on Mad TV, right? I think so. That sounds right. It's uh, there were there were some funny sketches on Mad TV that I that I remember from way back in the day. Oh yeah, no, it's got some good shit, man, for <laughs> sure. 
All right. My um my recommendations are going to be some comic stuff if you want to read things that are similar to what you saw in Loki. I would just recommend for some Kang stuff, there's a series called Avengers Forever, and it is written by Kurt Busiek. Um, kind of came out, I think, in the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. I can't remember. Um, but has Kang the Conqueror in the story. Uh, I think it would be really good if you like the Kang the Conqueror stuff, um, as well as some like Amortis stuff. Um, but also just kind of getting into some multiversal hijinks will once again highly recommend reading Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, which leads into Secret Wars, which I think they may draw some inspiration from in the future uh, with all this multiverse stuff kind of happening. Um, so if you're looking for something in the meantime to read, Highly recommend picking that up. There's a lot of books that are uh, for sale and they're not out of print right now that you can read from that. Um, and I think it would it would be very good to tie into a lot of stuff that we'll be seeing in the future. So Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, one of my favorite comic series ever, for sure. Um, alrighty, if you want to reach out to us at, uh, at Twitter, on Twitter, you can do that at Infinity Rewatch. Um, or you can shoot us an email at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what your predictions are post Loki. Let us know how much you love us. We're, we love getting, you know, smoke blown up our asses. So, uh, whatever it is you want to say, uh, we love it. So, um, check out the Twitter at infinity rewatch and, uh, yeah, we'll just have to, uh, fuck those billionaires for a few weeks while we're off. Fuck the billionaires. <laughs> We'll have to say goodbye to Miss Minutes for a little bit too. Yeah, I that's going to be sad. I wonder who's going to be the new character. Yeah, who's coming up next? We got Shang Chi, so you have to do like a dragon voice, I think. Cool. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> we will. Maybe see. you can make. Maybe you could do an like a really good Aquafina impersonation. Oh God. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. I guess she has kind of a unique voice, but I feel like I would need to. She has kind of like I don't think she is like a heavy smoker, but is she has that kind of voice? Am I wrong? Oh yeah, I, I guess I can see what you're is saying. That, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We will, my friend. We will. All right, <laughs> we will be back the week of August 11th to talk about Marvel's What If. Yeah. Until then, fuck the billionaires. Talk to you later. Fuck them.